BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings, and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. To the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things world wondering stardom, right here on the Pod Mania Podcasting Network. I am your host, Rob Gooden, and I am joined by the new AFCW United States Champion of the World. It's Master Matt Turner. How are we? Wow, that was a hell of an introduction. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Well, it is not often we have a legitimate champion on this podcast. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It was it was nice getting back to the ring 
But um, I think I might set a record for most canceled independent shows. I think I'm at eight this year. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just insane what's going on here. Like, we're recording this on a Friday. Last Friday, I was supposed to wrestle. And the promoter of the building, uh, our promoter sent me a message said, hey, the building doesn't have heat. So by the time the show starts, it's going to be 12 degrees out, which is, uh, I'm sorry, 20 degrees out, which if you're doing your math is 12 degrees lower than freezing. And I was like, well, I, I don't care. And he's like, that's why I'm sending you the message privately, because I know you don't care, but nobody else is going to want to wrestle. And I don't want my fans sitting there in 20 degree weather. So that got canceled. Um, obviously, then I told you before I was supposed to train with Glover Teixeira, uh the next day, but he has a fight coming up. So that got canceled. And then I was texting you yesterday that my show coming up tomorrow got canceled because they're expecting anywhere between uh, two to 12 inches of snow. But uh, as we record this podcast, it's currently 59 degrees out. So that's uh, Pennsylvania weather for you. Well, I mean, you're preaching to the converted here. I mean, I live in Britain where, you know, even when it's dry, it's wet. Um, it's either absolutely hammering it down or it's deceptively cold, even though it looks nice outside. And I live right in the middle as well, so it's not even the nice sunny south. I live smack dab in the middle of a cold Britain. So uh, trust me, I have all the sympathy in the world. Um, but no, congratulations. Um, when are you defending this championship? And can any of our listeners sort of, you know, tag in and uh, challenge you for the title? Absolutely. If you want to book me and promote me and not cancel the show, I will uh, <laughs> challenge anybody. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, but no, all, all good things. It was really fun to be back in the ring. Like I said, just so many cancellations. It was uh, by no means am I going to blow smoke and say this was a Io Shirai, Mayo Iwatani must-see match. Uh, it was kind of, it was quick. It, uh, de- it uh, did what it needed to do. The show was running long and we were co-main, so as we were kind of just getting to the thick of things, the ref looked at me and he said, all right, Mac, you're ready to take it home. He's like, uh, they cut your time. So oh, yeah. you're literally thinking on your feet. Uh, it's like, okay, what am I going to cut out? That's going to make him look good, make me look good. And then kind of just get the match over. So uh, I cut out with, you know, I kind of had to think on your feet. So um, like I said, it was what it was. So, uh, but it was fun. It was good to be back in the ring. I thought my timing was good. I thought, um, you know, everything felt good. My wind was good. My excitement was there. It was great to be back in the ring and then, you know, seeing the boys, uh, boys in the locker room. So, yeah, that was fun. But like I said, just sometimes I get a little, little down on all these cancellations. But you know what's not being canceled, Rob, is the Stardom cast. And that's what we're here for this week is to talk about all things Stardom. And I'm excited to talk about these two shows that we just watched. What an outstanding transition. These, honestly, every week... You're just getting smoother with them, man. I, honestly, I'm uh, I'm mightily impressed. Um, but yeah, we are talking, obviously, all things stardom. Again, I'm going to jinx the entire episode by saying this could quite legitimately be a shorter episode. But again, we will see. There's just a couple of bits of admin that I want to talk about before we get into the main podcast here. So as we record, it's Friday the 11th of March. Um, on Tuesday the 15th, we are going to be reviewing the new Blood Show. Now, ideally, we'd like to have done all three of the shows in one go, but as, you know, New Blood didn't happen till today, and I've been at work, there's just there's just no way that I could have watched that um, on top of the shows that we're going to record. So we're going to record our review to that and release that to everyone, patrons, 
and the free feed on Tuesday, the 15th of March. Uh, following that, on the 16th of March, the Wednesday, that is our next Patreon-exclusive episode on our red and white belt tiers, and that is where we're going to be doing a match review from way back in 2012, stardom the highest 2012, a match between Nene Takahashi and Mako Satomura for the World of Stardom Championship. Um, and then we'll be back to review the Corrigan Hall show, um, the tug of war match that's going to be taking place on the 12th of March and uh, tomorrow, as we record, in fact. So, and then obviously we're going to be heading into World Climax. So it's going to be a busy, busy, busy time on the Stardom Cast. I also just want to quickly advertise again, we've had a lot of questions for the Q&A um, that we are going to be dropping at the end of March. So if you are a patron, any tier, please get your questions into the Q&A thread at the top, pinned to the top of our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast. Um, I think that's everything apart from saying, obviously, April is insane April on the stardom cast, which means that all of our uh, patron polls are all Carrie Sane themed or Carrie Hojo themed, I should say. So uh, go and cast your vote there if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, I don't think I've got anything left admin-wise to talk about. So let's kick straight into just a little smidgen of news. There's not a great deal. I mean, watch, I'll have missed something. Um, but it was announced that as part of um, the 60-year anniversary, um, we have got two dates at Corican. Hall. So we have got the Joshi companies sort of coming together on the 15th of April to put on a show for Corican Hall. Um, and then we have also got on the 16th of April um, a joint show between New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Japan Pro Wrestling. Again, um, celebrating 60 years of Corican Hall. Now, the 15th of April, that includes all the Joshi companies from Oz Academy to Sendai Girls to Marvelous to Seedling to Stardom to Pure J and loads more, they announced the full card for that show. Um, and I just want to quickly run through the stardom participation on that card it's a nine match card um, and the first stardom participation we've got is on match four where koguma is going to be teaming with manami from sendai girls and chi azora from pure j against the colors yuko sakurai riko kaiju from seedling and stardom's lady c um, we've then got further stardom participation in the seventh match, which will see the stardom team of Yunagi Sayaka and Mina Shirakawa taking on the team of Marvelous's Rin Kadokura and pro wrestling Diana's Haruka Umasaki. And then we've also got in match eight, the semi-main, uh, we have got the team of Mirai, and the freelancer Micah Ozaki taking on the Sendai Girls, sorry, the team of Sendai Girls, Jihiro Hashimoto and Eves Yu. And then in the main event, we have got the team of Stardom Starlight Kid, the Oz Academy's Mayu Yukihi, um, and Oz Academy's Mayumi Ozaki, 
taking on the team of pro wrestling waves Nagisa Nozaki, um, Saki from Colors, and Takumi Aroha from Marvelous. Now, if you're anything like me, Matt, um, you will only know a handful of those names, but something that stands out to me is that Starlight Kid is the sole stardom participant in that main event. And that's huge. You know, she's the one on that big stage. And, you know, I saw uh, Scotty Wrestling on Twitter say she's going from strength to strength. It certainly seems that way. It certainly seems Starlight Kid's star is quite literally shining brighter and brighter at the moment. Yeah, so obviously this is a, a big deal for Starlight Kid to be in the main event. You know, the sole stardom person to be in the main event of this anniversary Cork and Hall show. Um, Cork and Hall is obviously a legendary building where Ric Flair has gone on record saying it's his favorite place to wrestle in. You know, and she's Starlight Kid. Her star has been shining bright, you know, these last eight, nine months and deservedly so. I mean, she's done very well uh, since she's done the new heel gimmick. Um, She's been putting a completely different wrinkle into her character, um, both both character-wise and wrestling-wise. You know, she had that match the year candidate with the Zumi just a few weeks ago. She has having Kari Sane, Kari Hojo, Kari, whatever you want to call her, her first singles match back coming up here at the end of the year for World Climax. And then she gets, or not the end of the year, the end of the month, excuse me, at World Climax. And then she gets this big spotlight match where she's in the main event of this, uh, this anniversary Cork and Hall show. So it's exciting to see where she's going to go. I predict that she'll probably be in the white belt situation, in the white belt talk probably uh, sometime towards the end of the summer, or may even have a reign with the belt. So it's uh, yeah, just another person that you can just add to the top tier list of the people over in Stern. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned very, very briefly um, the New Blood show. And I just want to quickly say that something that I was going to say before the show is that all the tickets for New Blood, all the advanced tickets for that show had sold out. Now, there was going to be a number on the door for the day of the show, which obviously was earlier today. But the show completely sold out uh, with a crowd of 416 people going which considering this is highlighting, you know, younger, potentially a bit more inexperienced talent. And when you think about the main event being Utami um, versus a rookie, that is some incredible buzz. And I'm extremely excited to review that show with you, Matt. Um, But again, we will be releasing that on Tuesday night. Um, Let's kick straight into um, some stardom results then. So we started on the 5th of March in Osaka Rinkai Sports Center in Osaka, the stardom into Kaishi show, the attendance of 304 people. Um, First things first, we have a new stardom world welcome package at the Star Beach video, Matt. Are you a fan? Love it. Absolutely. I thought it was uh, very well done. Um, I, you know, it's nice to see the little images come up. And I thought it was awesome how it ended. Eternal Foes with Azumi and a Fallen Starlight Kid basically giving each other respect uh, towards the end. You know, the match the candidate that we uh, that I just uh, alluded to before. I thought that was a nice little nice little touch. But yeah, I'm I'm a fan of it. How about you? Yeah, I am. Obviously, I know that you need to change it because the opening was Utami with the red belt and she's not the red belt champion anymore. Um, I did like the fact that there is such a highlight on the younger talent there. Obviously, you had Sayaka Matani, you had um, Azumi, you had Starlight Kid. Um, so they are sort of highlighting the future. I mean, there's no Mayu Iwatani in that opening package. So, you know, 
that's your icon. There's no Kyrie either, which surprises me, but I imagine after we've got to World Climax, Kyrie will be incorporated into that opening package. But I do like the fact, like I say, that it mentions uh, or it highlights the uh, the younger talent. Um, something that does make me laugh, and someone is very, very pleased with themselves somewhere, um, because as a Zoomy and Starlight Kid fist bump, that is exactly where the music stops. Now, that is either the most amazing coincidence or someone has timed that perfectly. And if they have, you have my complete respect, sir. Um, we open this show then with a singles match, Saki Kashima defeating Hanan with the Kishikasai in six minutes and 59 seconds. Now, Matt, possibly the most important question I'm going to ask you, is Saki Kashima the most underrated promo ever? Absolutely. Literally, she did her promo. I text you and I said, I don't know if you've seen it yet. Saki Kashima is the best backstage promo, not only in stardom, but all of wrestling. I mean, just genius. She, you know, going to the old school Dusty Rhodes, uh, you know, quote here. She can talk people into the building just by her backstage promos. I mean, just the way she articulated the words, Burr, it's cold. How are you not paying your 20 or $30 to go see this show? <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was up there with the one pre-match promo we had from the second night, which we're going to be talking about in a minute. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a very entertaining one. She literally just walked on and off. She didn't stop. It was great. Um, but this Hannon again has had a good showing over these two shows. I enjoyed the fact that she was fighting on behalf of her sister. Like it was an interesting storyline that we don't really get a lot of um as though she's trying to pull rena from the grasp of Uedetai and you know this whole thought that rena was pulled there against her will even though she very very much was not um but hannon kept up with saki another solid match to put under hannon's belt matt yeah i thought this was really good and again i will always put over hannon's judo throw you, i think that's always her go-to when she'll take the heat uh and she'll sell 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 and you, you can kind of see it coming. It's just like, all right, you know, her comeback is going to start with the judo throw, which makes sense. It's a nice quick bump, um, you know, kind of for the bump and feed to get back to getting towards the uh, towards the finish. So I thought that was good. And I really got to put Saki's um, butterfly suplex over. She does a really good, like, Billy Robinson, William Regal-style butterfly suplex. And I think that uh, – and she's been using it a lot more these past few shows. So I thought this was good. It was a nice, solid opener. You know, it did, did what it needed to do. Uh, I thought Hannon continues to look better, and uh, they're they're constantly getting Saki wins here. So um, I think she might she might be one of the people that have uh, some of the most singles wins. You know, this first quarter of this uh, this new year because she's constantly you know picking up wins, and hopefully it, it leads to a white belt challenge somewhere down the road because I would like to see her and uh, Sayaka Matani battle for the white belt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I gave it two and a half. My it was a solid opener. There's not a great deal of meat on the bone though. What about you? Yeah, same two and a half. Let's move on then. Match two was a singles match that saw Natsupoi defeat Momokogo with the Ferial Gift in nine minutes and 34 seconds. Now, you said last episode, Matt, that you wanted Momokogo in the high-speed division. How do you think she fared here? This was like a preview for us. It's like almost like a test. Let's like, you know, we got all this younger talent in. You know, we have this loaded roster. You know, we alluded to it before that the high speed division doesn't have a lot of uh, competitors in it. And I thought maybe Hannon and Momokogo, they may be grooming her for it. But I thought Momokogo looked really good here, you know, right from the get go. She got a little sneaky. She did the two quick roll ups, um, you know, on Natsupoi. Uh, and then Natsupoi, obviously, you know, she gets her bearings back and 
she kind of gets, uh, you know, she's the more experienced of the two, so she gets back up on Momo Kogo. And uh, Matsuboy has a really uh, high, high-paced high offense, excuse me. Um, and um, so I thought Momo Kogo was a really good base for it, you know, for the arm drags, for the, um, the hip, I'm not the hip tosses, for the head scissors. She needed to be where she was. I mean, she was in the ring at the uh, ring positioning was spot on. So for the high speed division, you kind of need to be there because if you're doing these roll ups and these arm drags, and if you're getting thrown in the wrong part of the ring, your timing is going to be off by a second or two. And that's going to basically offset pretty much uh, a good portion of the match. So I thought she was um, in good. The, her ring positioning was really good. All of her offense was really good. And then basically when it came down to uh, towards the wire, here, towards the end of the match, you can just see the star that Natsupoy is uh, continuing to be. So I thought this was a solid match. I thought Momo Kogo looked really good. And I'd like to see her in um, some more, more of these style matches with the high-speed competitors. Yeah, completely agree. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> some an advert started playing on my computer for no reason. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Momo Kogo did well here. I think Natsupoy did slow down for her a little bit, but that's completely understandable. But other than that, we concentrated instead on bringing out the fire in her forearm exchanges and things like that. And... These two had really, really solid chemistry. There's a bit of a wonky finish. The referee definitely had to pull a count on one of Kogo's pinfalls. Um, but they pulled it back again, Momo kicking out, showing that resistance uh, before Natsupoy hit the ferial gift. I think if you are getting someone who is as is more endearing than Natsupoy in a match, you're doing something right. And I think Momo Kogo finds herself as one of the most easily followable, which is definitely a word, um, people on the roster. And I think she did really well here. I think the more reps she gets against the likes of Koguma, Natsupoi, Azumi, Starlight Kid, the better she is going to fit in this division. Because to me, she's got very young Hazuki vibes. And obviously we know how good a high-speed wrestler Hazuki is. If we can carry on in this vein, then Momokogo is going to be a very good addition to that division. Um, I gave it three stars, Matt. What about you? Yeah, uh, uh, three and a quarter. Liked it a little bit more than you, but I was right there with you. We move on then to an eight-woman tag team match with the Donna Del Mondo team of Juliet Himika, Tekla, and May Sakurai defeating the Cosmic Angels team, Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, Yunagi Sayaka, and the poor Wakasuki armor with Tekla pinning Waka with the DDD in 11 minutes and 47 seconds. Um, another solid outing for Cosmic Angels. Um, May Sakurai continues to improve, Matt. When is Waka going to get these pinfall victories? Who knows? Overall, what did you think of this? Well, we think that Waka's first pinfall, at least I do, my big theory is Waka's first pinfall victory is going to be over May for the future stardom title. That's my guess. I'm just throwing it out there, and I'm betting $0 on it. <laughs> also solid. It was your stand-up stardom ta tag match. But again, I got to go to Tekla's toxic spirit. I, obviously, it looks really good. But Yunagi was staring at this thing way too long. Yeah, she was. Way too long. I was like, oh, man. Like, you literally, she could have lit a cigarette and ate a sandwich by the time <laughs> that she But so that's like my first note. Um, so that was kind of a, you know, thumbs down for me. But no, everybody worked really hard. You can kind of tell this. Uh, Tekla's been, with these multi-person tag matches with DDM that Tekla's in, Tekla's in a good majority of it. I mean, she's she's in there. She's getting the offense in. She's getting the defense in. She's getting the selling. Uh, she's taking the heat. She's giving, you know, a lot of the heat on the beatdown on the other side. So a lot of this match was kind of just built around Teclan Waka, which was uh, which was fun. 
but everybody looked good here. You know, they worked, everybody worked solid, but I just wish everybody can sell the toxic spear as half as good as Starlight Kid does. But uh, I thought this was solid. I gave it two and three fourth stars. Yeah, same here. It feels like we've had these two teams and these incarnations of teams fight a lot. Um, you know, aside from swapping out Himika and Mirai, who are very, very similar wrestlers. Um, it does feel like we've seen these two teams wrestle a lot. They're still good, but, you know, we are beginning to run short of new novel ideas. Not that I'm complaining at all. Um, I did have the note about you, Nagi, and the Toxic Spear, but there we are. Um, I did, I genuinely thought that we were going to get a pinfall victory over Tagler here, um, simply to set up an SWA defense, but of course, that would come later on, um, on the following day's show. But yeah, I agreed with you. I gave it two and three quarter stars. Match four then, a six-woman tag team match. The Donna Del Mondo team of Siori Micah and Mirai taking on the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Koguma and Hazuki. And that ended in a time limit draw of 15 minutes. Now, obviously we focused last week on um, Julia and Mayu. We focused before that on Suri and Julia, and now we're focusing on Suri and Mayu as we attempt to build um, the storylines going into World Climax and the possible uh, combinations that we are going to get on night two. Um, and this is the one for Mayu and Suri, and this is this is where the journey started for Suri with defeat against Mayu for the Red Belt back on the 3rd of October in 2020 at the Yokohama Cinderella, and this is, you know, what would ultimately be the jump start to her eventually getting the red belt off Yutami at Stardom Dream Queendom? Um, now, she's never beaten Mayu in singles competition. Um, I mean, if they face off at World Climax on night two, it will only be their second singles match in Stardom, so that says a lot. But I thought the exchanges here were great, Matt. They were great here, and they were even better <laughs> on the next show, which we'll review. I usually don't uh, I know a lot of people uh, complain about all the time limit draws that Stardom does. I usually don't complain or care about it as long as the wrestling's good. The wrestling was really good here, but this time limit draw, out of all the time limit draws I've seen Stardom do, do annoyed me the most. Why could they not give Mayu Iwatani a win here, building her up more towards the uh, world climax? You know, she's in the final match, regardless of how Julian Sherry shakes out. And you have, you have those loaded cards, regardless of what happens. You have Kari coming back. Mayu is in the final match that people are going to see. Why can't you give, give her a win here? Even if you did something like the Freedom Dropkick, Hazuki with the um, with the Mijinoku Driver, Koguma with the Top Rope Splash, and then Mayu do a Moonsault. You can do three or four finners back to back to back and pin, you know, Micah or, or Mirai here. Like, I just don't understand why Mayu didn't, uh, didn't get a pinfall here. Again, this this was solid. Uh, it was built around Sherry versus Mayu, and all, we got a little bit of Hazuki versus Mirai as well, which that's a match that I'm very interested to see. But yeah, this was a solid, solid match. Uh, I just didn't understand the time. This was the time limit draw that I've seen that I scratched my head the most, and I was like, really, we couldn't give Mayu a win here? Am I just? Am I? I know I'm crazy, but <sighs> do I have a do I have a valid point there, good sir? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean. <sighs> Bearing in mind that these two would then face off on the second night and Suri would get the submission victory over Momokogo, you know, she's arguably got the momentum, which is fine. She's the champion, obviously. But Julia got pinfall victories over... It doesn't even have to be over Suri. I'm not, we're not saying that Mayu needs to get the victory over um, Suri. Pin somebody. It doesn't particularly matter who. 
Um, you know, you could all, you could make the argument that, you know, does Mayu need building up? She's the icon of stardom. You can parachute her into any situation and she becomes a star. Okay, that's that's fair enough. But even so, you know, a pinfall victory here certainly isn't going to hurt. And, you know, for someone like Mirai, who is, for all intents and purposes, in, you know, I don't want to say throwaway singles matches because they're great singles matches on the World Climax cards, but the matches with the least stakes. She can afford to take a pinfall here. You know, I can understand them trying to protect Suri. Obviously, she's the Red Belt champion. Micah, okay, she's the artist of stardom champion, and, you know, we've got challenges incoming for that. But Mirai doesn't have anything, and, you know, to be pinned by Mayu Iwatani isn't exactly, you know... It's not being rolled up by Fukukin Death, let's put it that way. You're not going to look any worse for submitting to a pin from Mayu. However, irrelevant of that, I really enjoyed this match. You know, you've said on the podcast multiple times, if you've got wrestlers in there who are, you know, are captivating you, then the time limit goes as the time limit goes. And this worked for me. You know, you've mentioned before how the trio of Mayu, Hazuki, and Kagama are your favorite trio in stardom. And it's hard for me to disagree with you because they are so damn captivating, so damn entertaining, and they all bring slightly different dynamics to the ring. And again, you were, you hit the nail on the head. The exchanges that started with Mayu and Suri here escalated to a fantastic degree on that second show. Um, what did you give this, Matt? I give it three and a quarter stars. I probably would have went to maybe three and a half if there was an actual finish. Um, but usually the finish doesn't really uh, weigh that much on me for as far as like what I would give it a star rating. But this one did. I, you just... You can't protect everybody. You know, you can't protect everybody. And I think that's sometimes if I can give one little negative towards Stardom's booking, it's like they just seem like they want to protect everybody. But yeah, everything was solid in this match. I had a three and a quarter. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Again, really solid match. But, you know, I also agree with that. You cannot protect everyone no matter how much you try. Um, And that's something that obviously, you know, we, we make the joke of the time limit draws and how much they're used. But, Nine times out of ten, you just sort of take it with a pinch of salt. But I do understand your point coming off the back of this. Our main event then, um, which just before we get on to that, I do just want to say that uh, if I read this right, which I think I did on Twitter, uh, Mayu forgot the glove and the sweatband that she throws into the crowd literally every single show. And Hannon had to bring it to her because she completely forgot it. So just just Mayu doing Mayu, th- Mayu things. What a start. Um or, or, or it could be a rib on hand. Or they're just like, oh, my, you forgot it again. Go ahead, Rook. You got to run that out there. And <laughs> your stripes, kid. They're like, oh, you know what? Everyone will think that she forgets it because it's Mayu and like her gimmick is that she's clumsy. But I don't know, man. It could be a little rib on the youngster. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, we also had our main event then to talk about, which was the eight-woman tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Saya Kamatani, Yutami Hayashishita, Azumi, and Lady C defeating the Oeditai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Rina, and Ruaka, with Lady C getting her first pinfall victory as a member of Queen's Quest, pinning Rina after the giant chokeslam in 17 minutes and 6 seconds. And even more important than that, Matt, is the fact that we have a new head, Azumi, and we seem to be playing switch their hairstyle between Utami and Azumi. So I'll ask you the exact same question I asked before. Are you a fan of long-haired Azumi? 
Folks, let me tell you about the hard-hitting news and the topics we talk about in the Stardom Cast. <laughs> you can have your Mike Johnsons, your Dave Meltzers, your Brian Alvarez, but I guarantee you none of those three geniuses <laughs> are going to give you the hard-hitting information about Azumi and Utami of Queen's Quest switching hairstyles. Uh, <laughs> again, I like, I like, it doesn't bother me, Utami, with her short hairstyle. I like her better with the longer hair with the red dyed into it because I think it goes better with her outfit and she just comes off as a bigger star. But Azumi, she looks good with the long hair. I, is she, I wonder if she's going to dye her hair a little bit more purple um, now that she's grown out a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, I kind of dig it. I dig it. But I think I, me and you text each other. I was like, hey, we got to talk about this on the podcast. And you're like, yeah, I already have it on the itinerary. I'm like, man, <laughs> half, a world, half a world away and we're, already on, and we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> so aside from the shock of seeing Azumi's hair grow at least six inches in the space of a, like three days, um, what do you think about this match? I this match was really good. Um, they actually kind of threw me for a little, uh, you know, a little bit out of left field here, and I'll, I'll explain why. So the match starts with Lady C just blitzing Momo, and I'm like, oh man, this is a singles match that now I want to see. She just comes out, big boots her, throw, you know, Momo uh, Watanabe sells to the uh, ropes, gets hit with a couple chops. And then she gets turned right around and then instant heat on Lady C. The heat on her, heat on her, heat on her. You know, that's basically what she does. Uh, Azumi gets tagged in. She does what she needs to do. Sayakama comes in. Sayakama Tani, excuse me. She comes in. She, you know, hits her spots. And then it breaks down, slows down. And we get another preview for the hundredth time. And I'm not sick of it and will never get sick of it, of Yutami and Mobo Watanabe. So that was fun. Um, but where I was kind of scratching my head is they went to a second heat segment, which I'm fine with when there's, you know, six or eight people in. But the second heat segment was on Lady C. So I was like, well, you just she just took the opening heat. Why are we putting heat on her again? And this is I was just thinking, well, do they need to protect everybody else other than Lady C? But then the finish happened and I understood why. The fact that Lady C and Rena were in there for the finish. You don't want to overcomplicate it where it's just like, OK, we need Lady C to get a win here. So we don't want her tag her out. And then she just two sets, did two sets of heat. Why would you tag her back in for the finish when she, you know, pretty much got beat up for 70% of this match? Plus, it doesn't overcomplicate things. So I was just like, oh, okay, I see what you did there. Plus, I love the finish. We had the Holy Demon Army finish by Lady C and uh, Yutami. And then they did the Magic Killer. And then Lady C did the uh, Kiro Tawe, who's one half of the Holy Demon Army. She did the, uh, uh, his sit-out chokeslam for the, for the win. So I thought this was excellent. I had this one at three and a half stars, and this this was this was a fun one. Yeah, completely agree. You've you've hit on so many of the points that I wanted to make. I mean, Utami and Momo have such good chemistry. They just read each other so well. I I like at the moment the vibe that Awedatai are going for at the moment, where just they don't. Re- <laughs> It's a different not giving a shit to the start of 2020. Like here, they're le- Momo loses a four-way rock-paper-scissors match, so has to face off with Lady-, Lady C first. And it's not necessarily just not giving a shit to the point of it being a detriment to the match. It's a case of, oh, I don't want to face her. She's crap. I don't want to face her. You know, I don't, want to- I don't want to put myself out by facing the weak link of Queen's Quest. Give me something that's worth my time. And I enjoyed that because then it played into the storyline that they were going into this match. You know, Lady C keeps getting beaten down, keeps getting beaten down. She's been told she's the weak link in this match. She's been told that she's the reason that Queen's Quest keep losing to Uweretai. And then for her to get the victory over Rena was a huge, a huge moment, which was uh, which was really, really entertaining. Um, there was some really um, 
really cool moments leading up to this. But the thing I want to talk about is Lady C making a claim for the artist of Stardom Belts with Say Sayat, Kamatani, and Utami. Um, and then my Himmy boy come to the ring and accept the challenge, which will be taking place at the Corrigan Hall show on Sunday, the 13th of March. Um, first thing, do you see a title change? And what do you think about the challenge in general? I think, um, sorry, I went off sides there a little bit. Uh, I think that the match is going to be excellent. And I think that uh, Lady C will eat the pinfall here. I think they gave her a win <laughs> just to take it back. Uh, you know, obviously, Yutami and Saya, are, you know, they're having that match for the white belt. Maybe you'll see some miscommunication. You know, maybe you'll see a little miscommunication to build up maybe a little bit of heat uh, going into it. I don't see a Queen's Quest uh, breakup at all. I don't, I think that would be uh, bad for business and, and just dumb. Um, but I think it'll be an excellent match. I think it's, you know, the booking makes sense. Let's give Lady C a win here. And then she'll uh, she'll call out for uh, an artist of stardom tag title match, and then um, she'll just eat the pinfall in the uh, the six person tag match. Which again, I I can see that finish a mile away. I think a lot of people will be on board with it, but I don't care because that match is going to be excellent. Yeah, and there was a lot of parallels to this and uh, the last episode that. Uh, we talked about Queen's Quest versus Oedita. You know, we had a lot of the same moves, but I thought, again, it played well into the story of redemption for Lady C. Like, for example, we had um, the triple team followed by a top rope move that finished Lady C off in the last match where uh, where Ruaka finished her off with the, uh, with the freezer bomb. Yet here, she kicks up, uh, or she gets out. She kicks out after Yutami breaks up the top rope double knees from Rina. So they're telling the story of progress here in Lady C, and I think that's a really important story. Now, it would not surprise me if, and this is a long shot, at that Cinderella rumble at World Climax, I thoroughly expect the winner to either be Momo Kogo or Lady C. Now, the reason I say this is because who won the Rumble at the All-Star Dream Cinderella? Yunagi Sayaka, who's just, who'd eaten a ridiculous amount of losses coming off the back of a seven-match trial series, of course. What a way to build up Lady C. Now, piggybacking on our fancy booking from last week, if she is the one who gets the overall victory for Queen's Quest over Oedetai, you know, gets the tiebreaker, so to speak, then goes into World Climax, the biggest weekend in stardom's history, and wins the Cinderella Rumble. That's a lot of momentum for Lady C, and that, you know, sort of puts to bed any doubts that she belongs in Queen's Quest. What do you think? So good fantasy booking moment than wrestling me, you know, the original, from what I understand, <laughs> the original booking at World Climax. Uh, but no, you're, uh, yeah, you got a good point there. You got a, you got a good point there, but we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, I think that they're doing something, uh, they're going to do something well with her just because they put her in Queen's Quest. They gave her a completely different look. She's doing very well in the ring. I'm a, obviously a big fan of a lot of her moveset because a lot of it is off the nineties, all Japan stuff. So yeah, that's a, that's some good, good fantasy booking. It's hard, hard to bet against that, what you said. And I, I will be the first one to admit that if you are right, I will put out the hashtag, hashtag Rob Goodman is right, meaning that then you should all go buy his book, <laughs> Living the Dream, Stardom's 10th anniversary in review by my good friend, Mr. Rob Goodman. 
Thank you, man. That plug is never going to get old. It's uh, it's nice, man. Um, part of the show. That'll be part of the show. <laughs> um, I I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think uh, Lady C is now eating the pin, but the fact that she's in the artist of Stardom Championship matches uh, is something in itself. Um, I gave it three and a quarter, Matt. What about you? I was uh, three and three fourths. Right, okay. We move on then to the second show we're going to be looking at, which was Stardom in Shizuoka um, on Sunday the 6th of March from Kiramesh Numazu in Shizuoka. This only the second time, well, sorry, the first time they've run it in five years. Uh, this show getting an attendance of 290 people. Uh, we started with another singles match with Saki Kashima again, this time defeating Wakasukiyama with the reverse key lock in five minutes and 34 seconds. Matt, what did you think? Oh, I'm usually positive, especially about Stardom. This was the worst Stardom match I've seen all year. I just don't know if like they just went in there with nothing or maybe Waka was hurt or somebody wasn't feeling well. It seemed like they just, they kind of didn't work hard. It kind of just seemed like they were wrestling and then the ref said, okay, take it home. And then Saki just put Walk in a key lock, and that was the end of it. There there wasn't much to this match. It's Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. On the one hand, you know, we started with Saki doing at least some work on the arm, um, and then she kicks it. She basically punts it into the front row before the finish and then locks in the key all, but... Yeah, it's it's probably the first match where I thought, ooh, Wacker hasn't got great chemistry here. You know, and you still had the fiery underdog, you know, and the selling, but it just it, it felt like they hadn't really got a direction to go in before the match started. I I do agree with you with about that. Um but on the plus side, you know, it did only go five minutes. Um, and I do love it when limb work plays into the finish, and at least that was some semblance of a story going through the match, Matt, that at least there was some work on the arm before the reverse keyhole. Um, I, I dread to ask you what you've given it. I just didn't rate it, just because I just didn't think they, you know, it's one thing if you go out there and you blow a bunch of spots, but it's like, yeah, at least you're trying. But again, you could, you know, coming from this from maybe a backstage view, Maybe just Waka taking all this heat that she's been having the mad. Maybe she was beat up. Maybe she was a little bit hurt. And they said, hey, let's just take it easy. But let's not drag this out more than six or seven minutes. You know, we'll have the psychology make sense. We'll have Saki work the arm. She'll do that beautiful uh, double on her su- suplex. And then when it's time to go home, we'll, we'll put you in the key lock. So I just, I you know, just for out of respect, these two ladies, I'm just not going to give it a rating. Fair enough. Well, from that match, Matt, we then went to a very, very, very entertaining match. The singles match between Azumi and Hannon, with Azumi defeating Hannon with the leg hook suplex in 8 minutes and 54 seconds. Now, if you are ever curious about what the sound of the soul leaving someone's body sounds like, um, there's two examples on this show, and this is the first. Um, The noise... Hannah makes as Azumi hits her top rope double foot stomp is brutal. You can hear every ounce of Hannah's soul leaving out of her mouth. It was horrendous. But in all seriousness, is this Hannah's best singles match? Because to me, it's got to, it's, I can't think of a better one. Yeah, I think so. Let me ask you a question there, good sir, before we get into it. You know, we talk about how Azumi. As she's moving further up the car, she kind of needs like that lights out finisher. 
know, she's got the double foot stomp. She's got the uh, Azumi Sushi, and she's got all the uh, arm submissions. Now, she's been doing the leg capture German suplex for a while, but this one just seemed different because it was at an actual finish. Do you think that maybe she bumps that move up and she can use that as a finish because it just looks absolutely brutal and beautiful all in the same thing? So do you think like this is something maybe moving forward that she uses this as a finish? Because I don't think I've ever seen her win a match with this before. Hmm. I don't think she has. Um, no, I think she won a couple of undercard matches with it last year. Um, I mean, I'm all for it because, you know, you know as well as anyone how much I've been advocating that Azumi have that lights out finisher that, you know, Starlight Kid bought in the black the black tiger pile driver. And that's the one thing I feel that Azumi is missing. Now, if it becomes the cross leg suplex or the leg hook German, uh, the leg capture German suplex, then I am more than happy for that because it does look extremely cool. And to be perfectly honest as well, the transitions that she can use to get into it make it a very, very entertaining move to watch. Um, yeah, I'd be all in on that, Matt. All in on that. Um, what do you think overall of Hannon's performance? Uh, Hannon's performance? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think this was the best match I've seen her in. Uh, they do, again, This we talked about how uh, I think they're grooming Hannon and Momo Kogo for the high-speed division. I think this was just like another trial match. They do the high-speed stuff to start. Uh, they go back and forth. Zumi gets her arm work in. And then Hannon turns it around on Azumi, which I thought that was nice for Azumi to give, you know, Hannon the arm work. It's like, this is what Azumi's known for, well, one of many things. So I'm going to work the arm, and then Hannon turns it around on her. And then, yeah, she just destroys her with that uh, double foot stomp. You know, she lets Hannon get, uh, you know, enough in where she's going to shine up against the high-speed champion and then finishes her off with the late-captured German suplex. But yeah, I mean, uh, piggybacking off of what you said just a moment ago, there's a lot of uh, heavy kickers in stardom so it could be something where she can uh you know they're going back and forth towards the finish you know even maybe something where she catches momo watanabe you know she's you're almost throwing those brutal kicks and then she just she catches one you know and then she turns it and transitions into the late capture german suplex and it, it only takes three seconds for a win so but i thought this was this was really good i had this in at three and a half stars yeah me too i mean it's it's incredible work for anyone to match azumi's pace but hannah not only matched the pace but did it without making any mistakes. And she started creating these really, really nice transitions. There was one in particular where Azumi was bridging and Hannon transitioned out of Azumi's bridge into an arm bar. And it's just little things like that. It's the little sequences like that that make me think, hmm, she could be an asset again to that high-speed division. Um you know, Azumi is Azumi. She did an absolutely beautiful roll through into a Numero Uno that just, it was just, it was seamless. She's one of the best workers in the company. Of course, it's going to be seamless. But I thought she gave, similar to how um, we talked about Natsupoy and Momokogo, she gave Hannon just enough for it not to be a squash match. And I think that's really, really, really important. Hannon, again, did really, really well as the underdog. But... I personally think, yes, we could be seeing Hannon in the high-speed division. What about you? Absolutely. You know, I hope so. I hope they, they build that division up so this way it gives Azumi and, you know, Natsupoy other talent to work with. You know, other than I can see watch Azumi and Starlight Kid wrestle a thousand times. You know, they are eternal foes. But you got to mix it up a little bit. You know, you got to change the recipe up a little bit uh, to keep it fresh. So I think that's where they're going. I think Momo, Kogo, and uh, Hannon 
are going to be part of the high speed division. I wouldn't be surprised if to see Rena uh, somewhere involved as there as well. So you're kind of, you know, as you're moving Starlight Kid up the card, I think you need uh, somebody from the heel group, Oedo Tai, in the high speed division. So I think maybe that's what you'll see maybe some, maybe some Natsupoi versus some Rena matches somewhere down the future. Well, certainly wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, match three then. Six-woman tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Saikamatani, and Lady C going to a 20-minute time limit draw with the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano, Mina Shirakawa, and Yunagi Sayaka. Now, Matt, I happen to disagree with you um, when you say that... You didn't use the word egregious, but you said that the last time limit draw shouldn't have been a time limit draw. For me, this shouldn't have been. Really? When I when the, when the, when this match started, and and again I read the results as the day of, and then I quickly forget them because I have five thousand things going on. Mm-hmm. But when this match started, I was like, "This is going to go to a time limit draw." So what did what do you think the finish of this match should have been? Oh God, I knew straight away it was going to be a um, time limit draw. You know, there are matches on the card where you just look at it and go, "Time limit draw." <laughs> just you could you could just see it coming. Uh, Mina, what what has Mina got going on at the moment? I mean, you have got. Yeah. Everything to do with Queen's Quest at the moment. You have got the uh, the upcoming, at this point, the upcoming Artist of Stardom Championship match with the Utami Sire and Lady C, the three going for them. Okay? Cosmic Angels have got nothing going on at the moment. Absolutely nothing going on at the moment. It would not hurt Mina to be pinned by the White Belt Champion. It wouldn't hurt Mina to be pinned by the ex-Red Belt Champion. I just feel like this was a time limit draw for time limit draw's sake. Because, yes, over this weekend, Lady C has had a pinfall victory and a time limit draw. But even so, I feel like this could have been far more, far, far more for Queen's Quest to win this, heading into Corican Hall and into Takandano Baba, where they're doing the tug of war match. Heading into those two matches with back-to-back pinfall victories over other units in the uh, promotion, it just it makes booking sense. I don't, I don't understand why they would need to go to a time limit draw against a team where Mina was the in you know she was the pin eater last year for Queen's Quest before they got Mei Sakurai and um, and Wakasukiyama. So a pinfall here against you know someone the caliber of Utami. I'm not saying Lady C needs the pinfall victory, but. I don't know. I I personally think that Queen's Quest should have got the victory here. What about you? You know, yeah, you sold me. I was totally fine with the time limit draw, but you sold me. I didn't even think of, and more so because of the fact that late this combination of Queen's Quest, Lady C, Utami, and Saya are challenging for the Artists of Stardom belts. So you know, I, I just looked at it, it was like, well, Tam and Yunagi, obviously they have the tag match coming up with Akari and Mayu, and Tam has a white belt match as well. But yeah, exactly. You couldn't again. Yeah, you could have pinned Mina here, even if she took like a combination finish. Like even if she took um, like a combination of something from Sai and Utami back to back, or or they did the Holy Demon Army finish with Lady C and Utami. Obviously, to me, that can put anybody away because that's my all time favorite tag team. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. I can see not willing to pin Tam or Yunagi. Yeah, I completely understand that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, I you know I'm on board with what you're saying. You absolutely could have pinned Mina, and even if you wanted to do some sort of uh, you know, BS quick roll up, you know, from Sire or Lady C as well. You you kind of could have done that, kind of could have done that. But um, yeah, I totally see your point now. But, but as far as the match goes, I thought the match was excellent. I had it three and a quarter stars. Um, instant heat on Lady C again. 
At this point, if Lady C in the next year isn't as good a seller as Mayu Iwatani because of all the reps she's getting in <laughs> from selling, I don't know. Uh, Yutami eventually comes in, uh, House of Fire. You have a nice Yutami Tam uh, exchange, which I thought was really good. And then they turn it around to a Saya versus Tam exchange. So, you know, a little foreshadowing of, of what we may see down at World Climax. And I know the finish was really good. It's the mad dash finish between Yunagi and Lady C. And again, it's another one of those. You get to watch the last two or three minutes of this match where it's Lady C and Yutami going back and forth. And you're kind of like, huh, this is a singles match that I didn't know that I wanted to see. But now I wanted to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I thought all three women did extremely well here because we've talked about Mina and Yunagi's renewed aggression in the wake of uh, Mei Sakurai's defection. And that worked really well with the likes of Yutami and Lady C, you know, who, you know, you know, alongside her great Carly brain chops and, you know, giant. How bug. dare you, sir? <laughs> I don't like interrupting you, but how dare you, sir? Go ahead. I'm never not going to be here for Tam and Utami. I'm never not going to be here for Tam and Saya. And obviously their little previews ahead of World Climax. Um, but again, just once we hit 19 minutes, 18, 19 minutes, I was like, they're going to send this to a draw, aren't they? Ah, uh, and... It didn't take me out of the match because I think I gave it three and a half. I really enjoyed this, especially, again, you know, for everything I said about it last year, I really enjoyed you, Nagi and Yutami's little exchange and you, Nagi and Saya's little exchanges. Really enjoyed it. Can't complain. So I gave it three and a half. I just wish we'd have capitalized on that momentum from Lady C's first pinfall victory with another one here. But I'm a selfish guy. What can I say? We move on then to our semi-main event from this show, which was the eight-woman tag team match. The Oedetai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Ruwaka, and Fukigen Death defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Tekla, Mariah May Sakurai, with Ruwaka pinning Tekla with the freezer bomb in six minutes and sixteen minutes, sorry, and five seconds. Uh, Matt, are you surprised? This was kind of a shocking thing. And they've been putting uh, Ruaka up quite a bit in these multi-person tag matches. And even the backstage promo when Saki isn't telling everybody how cold she is and completely chewing the scenery. Uh, they've been uh, basically telling, saying Ruaka is going to beat everybody with the freezer bomb. Which, I mean, that's basically just old school psychology. It's like, hey, I'm going to beat you with this. We're going to hammer it into the fan's head. And then guess what happened? She won with the freezer bomb. So I'm assuming that'll lead to an SWA title match. Uh, somewhere down the road, which, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that goes, just because Ruaka, just for me, on singles matches has just been missing. Um, and I know we talked about that before, so we'll see where it goes with Tekla. But speaking of Tekla, I thought her stuff with death in the, in the beginning was hilarious. Um, you know, comedy wrestling has its place in matches and in wrestling. I thought where they inserted here right in the beginning, I thought was funny. And you could even see Tekla, who was, uh, she was trying not to crack up a little, but she did. She kind of broke it. I think Death, Death just kind of just made her break kayfabe a little bit. Uh, Starlight Kid Julia stuff here was really, really good. And that's a match uh, I can't wait to see uh, and see again. But my biggest problem with this match was, I don't know if it was just me, but there really wasn't a lot of Momo in this match. Was that Did I just miss something? Well, she did come to the ring eating a burger, so I wonder if it was just indigestion, Matt. <laughs> she cramped up. I'm, drink, I'm drinking water and she's eating a burger. Wow. I she, must have missed that one, too. Jeez. She came down, um, she was proper scoffing. It was hilarious. That's funny. Yeah, that that's like my, my big 
negative. Everybody worked hard. I thought this was interesting. Uh, you know, the finish was interesting. I, I see what they're doing because you have to build up challenges for the SWA belt. You did it well there. Everybody looked good. But for my favorite wrestler in this match, and one of my favorite wrestlers, and pretty much all of wrestling, is Momo Watanabe. And to me, just she wasn't in this match nowhere near as, as enough as I would like to see her. Yeah, but... <laughs> The match itself was good. I'm, I'm, I was a, I was a fan of the match. Again, the exchanges between Tekla and Fuka and Death, they're made for each other, aren't they? Tekla does can work a comedy match. Fuka and Death is just a comedy wrestler by this point. Just Fuka and Death, not Kaori Oniyama. I know that she's a great wrestler, but Fuka and Death is a comedy character. Um, you know, as proved by the fact that Mirai, Mirai was floored by Fuking Death's death hands. So, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. But I just want to talk about Ruwaka challenging for the SWA belt. And I've seen a couple of people be like, really? Ruwaka going for the SWA belt? Well, I think it's a good thing. And I was negative last year when Yunagi lost the future belt, then went to the SWA belt with Suri and ultimately lost. The reason I think it's a good thing is because those that aren't challenging for the future belt need somewhere else to go so they're not just treading water. We were spoilt with Suri as the SWA champion. It was treated like another top-level belt. The fact is, it's not. It's not a top-level belt. You know, someone who isn't at the top of the company needs a belt to fight over. Okay, you can't just go for, you know, in terms of singles, from the S... Like, Ruwaka isn't going to go for the high-speed belt because it's not her style. So what does she do? Go from the future to the Y belt? That makes no sense. They need that stepping stone. And the SWA belt can be that stepping stone because, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to book that belt consistently because of the restrictions on the belt itself. So to give Ruwaka a shot at this, you know, she's she's having the title shot at Nagoya, uh, the Nagoya Con- uh, Congress Hall. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God, can't talk today. The Nagoya Congress Center Event Hall. Um, so it's headlining, but it's headlining a smaller show. And I think that's where the SWA belt sort of sits at the moment. Um, and that's no disrespect to Tekla. It's no disrespect to Ruwaka. Um, I do expect Tekla to win. But Ruaka getting more singles reps, getting more singles championship reps as well. That isn't just the future belt because, you know, you can only go so many times for one belt without it becoming a little bit tiresome. Unless you start like kid going for the high speed belt because, you know, seven times and no wins and all that. But what was your, what's your opinion about Ruaka in the SWA scene? Give it a chance. You know, I just said before, I'm kind of down on her on her single stuff. But at the same time, she's not going to get any better if she's just constantly doing uh, tag stuff. So, I mean, plug it in. Get, uh, give it a shot. Again, it's not a white belt. It's not a red belt. You're probably going to go seven, eight minutes with Tekla. Tekla's doing a good job getting everything over. Yes, obviously, we were spoiled with Sherry as the SWA champion. I talked about it, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, about you don't want to be, you know, Tekla's in a bad spot because she's the one to follow the one. I mean, that, that SWA title reigns probably going to go down history as the best one. And look how it ended. It ended with Sherry getting the main belt, the red belt, and she had to re- re- relinquish the SWA title. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, you have to give, in order for wrestlers to get better, you have to put them in situations where they're either going to sink or swim. And this is where, uh, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out um, how well Ruaka is going to be able to work 
in a singles environment, and we're going to see just how good Tekla is if she can kind of bring somebody up, you know, pull her up to her to her level where they can have a solid seven, eight, nine minute match. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Let's move on then. Sorry, just pressed the wrong thing on my iPad. Where are my notes with? There we are. Uh, let's move on then to match. Five, which was the eight-woman tag team match, the main event, Donna Del Mondo team of Siori Maikahimika and Natsuboy defeating the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Kogama and Hazuki and Momokogo uh, with Siori submitting Momokogo with the White Tiger in 16 minutes and 26 seconds. This took the fire of Siori and Mayu from the last show and ramped it up to 100. This was brutality and i loved it matt before we get into the match i gotta ask you a question do you think momo kogo is secretly really good friends with mike and himika and here's the reason why because uh, mike and himika hit the double lariat the sandwich lariat and they really like they, they really protected momo kogo on it i mean they've been destroying people with that sandwich <laughs> lariat the uh this, this this past you know three or four shows and with Momo, I think maybe just because she's so small, I think they realize that uh, if they hit her with the speed and velocity that they usually do, that maybe Momo Kogo would probably be out until August. <laughs> yes. When compared to Micah and Himika, Momo is only slight. So, yeah, that would have been bloody brutal. <laughs> it, still, it still looked good. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like, oh, that looked terrible. It's like, dude. Just to compare it, like the last three or four they did, where they're just destroying people. It's like, yeah, they really took care of Momo Kogo there. But yeah, this was, uh, you know, yeah, you had your standard tag stuff. Everybody looked really good here. Natsupoy, uh, she got a lot of uh, her high speed stuff and a lot of her offense in. But ultimately, this match was based around, as well as it should, Mayuversary. It was just absolutely brutal getting towards the end, uh, just with their strikes just made me even more intrigued than I already was to watch that match, considering, you know, if that is the uh, the final match at World Climax, which I think it's going to be, but I have been around before. And even Shuri gave uh, Momo Kogo a lot towards the end. She gave her a couple big things here and there, but ultimately she uh, wind up submitting to the stretch muffler. Then at the end, I thought it was a little cool scene that after the match was over, Mayu got in Shuri's face. Shuri then snapped her and kicked her in the back. And then Mayu took a little bit of her selling, a little bit of Kurt Henning selling and a little bit of Shawn Michaels selling and just sold that kick from the middle of the ring and then rolled all the way into halfway to the entranceway. Uh, I thought that was fantastic as if you needed to sell Shiri's offense anymore. You know, Mayu just made a killer look even more deadly and uh, God bless her. But I, I think this is the last match that we're going to get at world climax. And if this is just a little preview that we got, man, I, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, it was very much the uh, octopus in the washing machine selling from uh, Mayu Iwatani. What I love is that closing sequence, you get a very, very clear idea of how both women are going into World Climax Weekend. Mayu, don't forget, she's been Red Belt Champion twice. This is this is every day for her. You know, she's the icon. You know, she's attempting to tug the belt away from Suri, and then she's holding her hand and smiling, you know. Being, oh, you know, it's only a bit of a laugh. It's only, and that's how she's approaching it. For Suri, this is this is everything. She fought so hard against Utami twice to get this red belt. The whole storyline started losing to Mayu. She's got unfinished business with Mayu. And that kick and that death stare, which genuinely, I was fucking terrified of that death stare. It was the most harrowing stare that Suri, Suri gave as Mayu is 
tumbling to the outside after that kick, which, by the way, is the second um, version of what your soul sounds like as it's leaving your body, was uh, Mayu taking that kick from Suri because the snap that kick made echoed around this arena. And I thought it was... I actually thought that did more than the match did in setting up that feud. Nailed it, sir. Nailed it. But uh, I just want to apologize for Rob's uh, offensive language, but that's how excited he is for this match. <laughs> that he, he had to drop that bomb. But no, you're you're absolutely right, my friend. As good as this match was, it was really all about just kind of, you know, towards the end or the, the uh, you know, after the match, you're, you're ex- absolutely right. That is the, it seems like Sherry's kicks, she, she's been champion, have just been getting stiffer. And it's not like she doesn't hit light to begin with. But that might have been the stiffest kick I've ever heard in a stardom ring before. That was like low-key level kick. I was like, holy jeez, man, that was something. It was... I don't think Mayu was set properly either. Because ordinarily, and again, you are a better person to talk about this than me, but from the way it looked, when you take a kick after being snapmared, you sit with your back sort of directly facing the kick so that, you know, it's got a bigger surface area to hit. Whereas Mayu seemed to be almost sort of turned to like 45 degree angle. So the kick seemed to hit more of her side than it did her back, which, you know, it's probably no wonder she rolled from the ring and, you know, rolled another 13 miles because the chances are it bloody hurts. Yeah, usually when you take that snap nair, especially someone to the season as Mayu in such a great sell, you're kind of already in position almost even before your ass hits the canvas. But it could be just the fact that Sherry just threw it with such speed and the fact that Mayu is, God bless her, is as big as a twig. So maybe that's what it was. Like, it just, it just maybe from your vantage point, just wrapped around. I don't know. But, like, man, if this is just, again, I know I'm beating a dead horse. If this is just a little bit of a preview of what we're going to get, as good as their match was when Mayu was champion, I think this match is just going to be even better. And, again, if this is going to be the final match with those two stacked cards, it absolutely needs to be a you know balls out instant classic four and a half to five star match in order to cap off those two great nights of wrestling. And they're doing a great job building it up. But as you said before, you can literally parachute Mayu into any situation and be like, "All right, I'm here for it. I'm here for it regardless." And now you're even giving me more. So it's just like, "Hey, thank you, Stardom. <laughs> I'm so excited to see that match." And again. I hope that's where it goes, but they, Rossi can just, you know, he may throw a, a you know, curveball at us where he has Julia go over and we get Julia and Mayu, which I wouldn't be opposed to either. But out of the two matches, out of the two scenarios, um, I don't know about you, but I, I want to see uh, Siri and, and Mayu. Um, how about you? Um, yeah, my, my fancy booking was that Julia was going to be the one to take it off Siri, but I think with that being on night one. <sighs> I just, I, I don't know. I see, I see Suri taking it into night two. Where that goes, I mean, if you are capping off this entire Suri arc, it makes sense for Suri to come through this weekend unscathed. Um, but, I mean, obviously we're going to go into detail in regards to how we think this is all going to go in a couple of weeks' time before the show itself. But Christ, whatever combination we get, it's going to be absolutely fantastic and if we do get Mayu versus Suri excellent however if we get Mayu versus Julia they've proved on several occasions that they can have phenomenal matches um so I'm excited no matter what this main event was my match of the two shows uh so I gave it three and three quarter stars Matt what about you 
Same as you, my good friend. Three and three fourth stars, my favorite match of the uh, of the two shows. And like I said, both these shows were uh, really good, really solid stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There was nothing, you know, hugely stand out, but again, solid from uh, from start to finish. Just before we go off the air then, um, Stardom announced the remainder of the cards in the lead-up to World Climax. So obviously, as we record, uh, New Blood has already happened, so we're not going to be talking about that. But on the 12th of March in Belsal, Takadano Baba is going to be the following card. We're going to open with Saya Ida who, of course, returned at today's New Blood show, um, taking on Momo Kogo in an all-stars affair. We've then got an eight-woman tag team match, Julia and Mirai, Tekla and May Sakurai from Donna Del Mondo, taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Yunagi Sayaka, Mina Shirakawa, and Waka Tsukiyama. We've then got another eight-woman tag team match with the Suri, Maika, Himika, and Natsupoi team taking on Mayu, Hazuki, Koguma, and Hanan. That'll be very, very good. And then, of course, we main event that show with the Queen's Quest versus Oeratai um, ta- tag team match, tug of war match, where they're going to pull the ropes from left to right. And basically, whoever's got the other end, that's who you're going to face. And it will become more of a conventional best of five series. So that's going to main event that Bell Cell Takadano Baba show. We also had the final Corican Hall before World Climax announced. And that card is as follows. We open with a tag team match between Tam Nakano and Wakazukiyama, the Cosmic Angels team, taking on the uh, Queen's Quest team of Azumi and X, who, if you're listening to this after watching New Blood, you already know who it is, but I'm not going to spoil it for those who haven't seen it yet. Um, we've then got a three-way match, Mina Shirakawa versus Fukikin Death versus Momo Kogo. We then go on to a singles match, Yunagi Sayaka versus Mei Sakurai. Now, they had my worst match of the year in 2021 for stardom, so I'm interested to see, in this very venue, so I'm interested to see how much they have improved in terms of chemistry together. Uh, we then got the Artist of Stardom Championship match between the champions, Mai Himipoi, and the challengers, Yutami, Sayakamatani, and Lady C. Um, in the semi-main, we have got a Rio Goku Outpost Battle 10-person tag. Stars, Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, Koguma, Hanan, and Saya Ida taking on the Uedatai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Saki Kashima, Ruaka, and Hanan. Uh, sorry, and Hanan, and Rina. And then in the main event, we've got a Rio Goku Outpost tag match. Suri and Mirai taking on Julia and Tekla. Now, of that Corican card, Matt, obviously I've thrown a lot of matches at you there. What are you most excited about in that Corican Hall show? The the real tie stuff. There's going to be a lot of good stuff there, but I'm interested to see that singles match. I was actually just uh, going through your book the other day, and uh, that write-up that you had, not to give another plug to your book, of a Yunagi and Mei Sakurai. Boy, howdy, if you guys want to hear Robbie negative, that's <laughs> that's the one for you. <laughs> Holy jeep. Hey, you know, but he, he, you make good points. I always say, you know, you can be negative about something, but make your points. And he, he makes good points on why he didn't didn't like it. But this is, it's a completely different May Sakurai. It's a completely different Unagi. So, you know, we'll kind of see where that goes. And again, it's very rare that we get these singles matches on these, you know, kind of, you know, quote unquote, road to shows. So I'll be interested to see how that uh, shakes up. But it is a lot of good stuff. Um, I still don't understand the whole rope pull thing. You've explained it twice on this podcast. I've read about it. <laughs> uh, I still am like, 
I don't know. Maybe I just get hit in the head way too often <laughs> oh, or what it is. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just not going to overcomplicate it. When the match comes up on Starter World, I'm just going to sit there and watch it and, and take my notes. I'm sure like as it gets going, I'm like, oh, that's what it was. What an idiot you are. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm still so confused. But it's like, again, it's a widow tie versus Queen's Quest. So it's going to be, uh, you know, exciting to see how that's going to shake out, um, you know, moving forward. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm interested in looking at. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff, a lot of stardom to watch, and I have a feeling that me and you are going to be talking a lot on this podcast, which means a lot more content for our fans, which I'm always excited to bring. Absolutely. Um, I mean that main event, Suri and Mirai versus Julia and Tekla, that's going to be really, really good. That Artist of Stardom Championship match, I've got no doubt, is also going to be fantastic as well. Just two cards then, just to preview very, very quickly, because these are only shorter cards. Um, Starting moves to Axe City Hamamatsu on the 20th of March with the following card. We open with a singles match, Sayurida versus Wakasukiyama. Uh, tag team match, Tekla and May Sakurai of Donna Del Mondo taking on Saki Kashima and Rina from Oeditai. Six-person tag match with Himika, Natsupoi, and Mirai of Donna Del Mondo taking on Starlight Kid, Ruwaka, and Momo Watanabe of Oeditai. We then get a 10-person tag match with the stars team of Mayu, Hanan, Koguma, Hazuki, and Momo Kogo taking on Queen's Quest, Yutami, Azumi, Sayakamitani, and Lady C, and then the rookie Mitsuyoshi and Masaki as well. And then in the main event, it is the Donna Del Mondo and Cosmic Angels return to origin is what it's advertised as with Julia, Suri, and Micah, the, the inaugural Donna Del Mondo trio. They are going to be timing against the inaugural Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Mina, and Yunagi. Um, aside from that main event, which, you know, I'm very excited to see because it doesn't feel like we often see Julia, Suri, and Micah team anymore at the moment. What are you looking forward to, Matt? I think, well, the uh, Oedo Tai team versus... Uh, the Donald Damondo team with Natsupoy on one side and Starlight Kid on the other. Uh, that'll be really good. But I think what they're doing is with the Julia, uh, Micah, and Sherry, I think it's like one last go around. Kind of like they were doing with Momo. We kind of knew, you know, Momo was going to turn and go to Wita Tai. So they, she literally tagged up with every single member of Queen's Quest before she was off and to the flip to the, uh, the dark side. So I think that's one of the main reasons why they're doing that because we know the split's coming up. So, uh, That'll be interesting, but yeah, that six-person team um, with Natsupoy's team versus Starlight Kids team—that uh, that'll be a, that should be a fun as well. As we'll get a little high-speed action, and then obviously you know Momo on uh, the Uedo Tai team always always fun seeing her. Like I said, she's one of my favorites. I just wish that they kind of maybe involved her more. Maybe if she comes to the ring drinking water instead of eating a uh, a greasy cheeseburger, maybe she'll get into more. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to tell me what it actually was. We love all the world like a breakfast McMuffin. Um, and finally, um, Stardom goes to Nagoya on March the 21st in the final show before Stardom World Climax. And that card has got this. Uh, Mirai versus Mitsuyoshi Amasaki. Um, Hazuki and Momokogo taking on Hanan and Koguma. Interesting. Both goddesses of stardom champions are opposite teams there. Um, Eight-person tag match. Micah, Himika, Natsupoy and Mei Sakurai taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam, Mina, Yunagi Sayaka and Waka Sukiyama. Um, Eight-person tag match. Yutami, Azumi, Sayakamitani and Lady C of Queen's Quest taking on the Oeditai team of Saki, uh, Rina, Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe. 
then we've got in the semi-main what we are calling the Ali, Ali Kaba Memorial, which is the last time that Julia and Suri, who are, of course, Alto, Lavello, Caballoan, they are going to be teaming for the last time after advertising that they are going to begin their separate ways after World Climax against the team of Mayu Iwatani and Saya Ida. That is probably the match I'm looking forward to most out of any on these cards. And then that show is also going to be main evented by the SWA World Championship match between the challenger, Ruaka, and the champion, Tekla. Uh, Matt, are you the same? Are you thinking, yeah, that semi-main is the one I'm here for? Or poor... <laughs> Poor Ruaka and Tekla. God bless them. They got their work cut out for them because, yeah, they have that semi-main. And then before, you have the Queen's Quest versus a Wado Tai match. And obviously, we'll probably get another preview for Utami and Momo. So the fact that you have those two matches back-to-back and then you're, uh, you have the title match on last, it just goes to show you how well they value the titles, that they're going to put that match on before the, uh, the semi-main and then the, uh, the, the third from bottom as well. So, yeah, interesting. Interesting to see. But those two matches back-to-back, is, I think it's going to be absolute fire. And that's nice that they're going to give us one last uh, Sherry versus uh, Julia tag match. I'm assuming as long as they stay in the company, stay healthy, maybe somewhere two, three years down the line, you know, we'll see some sort of reunion. You know, it's pro wrestling. You can always come back to it. Uh, it's like comic books. You know, no one ever stays dead. So uh, kind of like kind of like the same thing there. So, yeah, but I agree that uh, that semi-main should be, should be fun. And then obviously on the other side, you have Mayu and returning Saya Ida. Uh, I know we watched on um, one of our Patreon episodes, Julia and Saya Ida just slapping the bejesus out of each other. So I'm assuming we get a little bit of that as well. So yeah, that's uh, the match I'm most looking forward to as well. Oh, yeah, we can but hope. Um and that's the end, pretty much. It's been not a slow week by stardom standards, but it's not like we've got 14 shows in a pay-per-view to review. So that brings us to the end. Don't forget, on Tuesday, the 15th of March, we're going to be bringing you our new blood episode that's going to be dropping on our patreon and on the free feed on tuesday and then of course on wednesday the 16th we have got our second march um bonus episode to our red and white belt patrons so make sure you keep your eyes out on that in the meantime you can check us out on any of the podcasting apps please leave us a five-star review and a comment if you think we deserved it it really does help us get noticed and help us to fire up those podcast rankings um you can find us on twitter at at the stardom cast the same with facebook the same with instagram you can also subscribe to our youtube channel just search for the stardom cast um matt where can they find you on social media you can find me and on the twitter and or instagram just search matt turner of i appreciate all the positive feedback that we've been getting and if you're going to book me please try not to cancel your show uh that's just a little <laughs> side joke i understand things happen but yeah any questions comments you just want to talk about anything uh that's the best way to get a hold of me and you can talk to me on uh, twitter at, at real rob goodwin thank you so much for listening guys again we'll be back on tuesday to do new blood And until next time, we'll talk to you guys again soon.